Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and the lonely spider that lives in my closet. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. On today's episode, altars, witches in the news, and a meditation spell for the global community. So did I tell you about my spider story? This is like high school stuff. So I feel like you must have heard about it at some point. Uh, Refresh my memory. Okay. So I was living at my dad's house in Noblesville. Well, I was living at two houses, but this is that. This is starting to feel very familiar now. Continue. (laughs) And I took a shower one day because you have to do that eventually when you're like in high school because you get really stinky. Oh, and You can't like like, control it. Rancid. Yeah. And of course, you don't want to take a shower because you're like in high school I don't want to take a shower now and I'm not in high school so anyway so I was gonna take a shower and there was this spider in the shower and I was like can't have this no no so killed the spider like grabbed it with the tissue flushed it blah 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 like a booger like a booger just right down the drain boop join the little fishies took my shower whatnot get out of the shower and above the mirror is another spider it's wife. That's what I thought. I thought, oh my God, I just committed spider Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> and I did not have the heart to kill that spider. And so from then on, I've never killed a bug. Oh my God, <laughs> ever? Ever. Not even like a little ant coming to take your picnic? No, because that's mean. Yeah. If yeah. the ant has made it to my food, like I think it deserves it <laughs> by that the point. the long journey. Yeah. From his little home. And he's so strong. Like I kind of want to see it. It's like, yeah, take my cherry pie. Boop, 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 boop. They just scurry away. <laughs> like, that was everything. It's the American dream. <laughs> to seize <laughs> the means of production. <laughs> I don't know if that one is it. Oh, God. Maybe. Oh, God. That reminds me of a centipede story. Ooh. Bug related. I love that. They are bugs, right? They're an arthropod, correct? I don't know. They are a bug. They're not a snake. Are they related to slugs? No, because they're not slimy. How do you know? Because you touched it? I have touched a couple centipedes. Were they fuzzy or am I just thinking of caterpillars? So there's like the fuzzy ones that are in Indiana where they're like... Yeah, beautiful. Stunning. Okay, second centipede story. Okay. <laughs> Moeen, friend of the pod, one of our very good friends, Moeen. He's the Taurus. He's the Taurus. Mm -hmm. He saw a centipede for the first time ever. He's from Iran. He's from Tehran. And he saw a centipede for the first time. He brings me over. We're in our studio. He brings me over. He says, Tara, what is this beautiful creature? And I go, (laughs) did you kill it? Moeen's shining jewel of America. No wonder other countries hate us. That makes no sense. White. And it was horrifying. And it was big. It was like the size of my palm. It was a big boy. That's not the centipede story I wanted to tell. That'd be so much guts. Mm. Oh, God. Okay. Anyways, what's the centipede story that I wanted to tell? That I please tell me. Obligated to tell is there's a myth. I don't know if it's actually a myth. There's like this folklore that when I lived in Hawaii, they had those long centipedes with the hard shell that have like the long pincers, Mm -hmm. and they'll bite you, and it's like they're really poisonous and stuff like that. Like the stuff that's like out of nightmares. 
there's the thought that this centipede, if you find one in your house, there's always one other one because they mate for life and they travel in pairs. And there's the idea that if you kill the wife, the husband in the middle of the night will come and kill you. What? Mm-hmm. They'll come bite you. And then do you turn into a centipede? So then you turn into a centipede and then you have to find your mate. And then it's like a brother bear situation where you have to be like, yeah, I was raised as a human. I don't understand like the centipede politics. Life is like a little more difficult for you kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah. but you're trying to figure it out and she loves you anyway. And you're just trying to find love. (laughs) You like bring her flowers like, this is so offensive to my centipede culture. And you're like, but it reminds me of your eyes. (laughs) And she's like, what what eyes? What eyes? Like, you doof. <laughs> Have you looked at me? Do you know who I am? Do you- What's my name? Do you remember my name? Cindy the centipede. Ooh, that's a good name though. Cynthia. Cynthia. Yeah, what's up with you? What's been going on? So I joined the New York Crit Club. Ooh, this sounds fancy. It's not that fancy. Oh. I tried to make it unfancy. <laughs> So Jan Dickey, who I went to graduate school with, and then also Raymond Huang, who I work with, Mm -hmm. had both done it and had both really championed how great it was for their art practice. Okay. And I had had a conversation with myself that was like, yeah, life is really stressful right now, but like your art practice hasn't moved forward at all. And so it's like either you can do nothing and stay the same and stay exactly where you are, or you could do something else and change, whether that's for the better or for worse. And so I decided to apply and I got like a work study program. So I got some money taken off and that was really nice because you had to pay like, it was going to be like $200. And I was like, no. In these times? In these troubled times? That's ridiculous. So it was over a Zoom call. And so we just like introduced ourselves and did like a little presentation of our work. And I do this thing Mm -hmm. when I meet new people people where I just like come in really hot. It's because everything's in your first house. Everything, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like slinging the jokes and I'm just trying to be charming and I'm just trying to be myself. Because one of the reasons I joined this program was because I wanted to make some friends that like were my own age in the art world and it's really hard to access the art world. At your age? At my age. I don't know why everyone's just like in their own little cliques and stuff like that. But besides that, I mean, like everyone's work was really strong. So that was what I was really excited excited about and everyone was suggesting really awesome artists to other people so I was like I'm gonna peek through some of these yeah so we'll see I'm hopeful and it'll make me make more work I think yeah and hopefully friends yeah mostly friends yeah some freaking it's hard because you can't like cement those relationships at this time you can't Mm -hmm. be like oh let's do this thing and like let's catch a beer now yeah you're kind of like okay bye hug your pillow you're like thank god it's over it's like you do like a little awkward react where you're like clapping sign off yeah on zoom I'm very much like I will hover over the sign off and then be like, oh, okay, bye. Nice to see you guys. Boom. Done. Done. Irish goodbye. I'm out of here. It's my favorite. I love it. And also, last week, our Patreon episode dropped. If you guys are interested on what? You're giving me eyes. No, it's such a fun episode. That's why I'm like, <laughs> please tell us what it is. Do you guys want to know? It's on Bigfoot. I. It's so, awesome. I have big feelings about Bigfoot that are spooky. So it's not a normal Bigfoot episode. And a lot of it is based off of like this one particular Bigfoot researcher that has also has big ideas about Bigfoot. So I hope you guys like it and that it's charming. And I listened to the unedited beginning part where it was literally me saying, Tara, nothing about this is going to affect your life 
in any way, please don't be ashamed. No, you don't sound crazy or anything. It's a crazy concept. It's Bigfoot. I don't know. What else can you say about that? It's fucking Bigfoot. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I think it's awesome and very, very scary. Like horrifying, kind of. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyways, what the fuck are we talking about today? Today we're talking about me. Again. So my name's Tara. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> no, again, we're, ta- we're talking about altars. The long-awaited, one of the first, I feel like, requested topics from people. That we just ignored. We are like, I don't know, God. For like a year. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Mm-hmm. So Alicia, I have ideas about what altars are. Yes. What are your ideas about what altars are? Well, Wikipedia defines an altar as a raised structure or place of worship, which I really like because it's very short, sweet, and to the point. It's like, we're done. That's it. Easy. Figure it out. Figure it out. Sucks to be you. Sucks to be you. (laughs) Wikipedia says your altar should be raised above the ground, probably to protect the sanctity of an altar and so that your 500 cats don't knock it over. That's like (laughs) my guess. These are just places that you as the witchcraft practitioner decide is sacred. Your altar should symbolize your spirituality and give light to your innermost self. So it's kind of a molding of like what matters to you Mm -hmm. and what you find spiritual in the world. Mm -hmm. It's all about energy, baby. In the space, your hopes, wishes, intentions, what you want to improve on, what you want to release, what you want to celebrate and practice should all be done here. It's like your home base. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So it's that owl statue in Zelda where you have to go and make sure you save. Yes. Actually, could that be an altar? I have thoughts about this. Okay. Later. Later. (laughs) Stick to the subject. And altars aren't just a Wiccan or pagan tool. Altars are seen in most, if not all, religions in churches and temples as a physical representation of one's practice. This is where reality meets spirituality in our physical realm. Beautiful. Thank you. Finally. I got really on the topic of this owl. Oh, okay. Thank God we're coming back to it. I thought you were just going to leave me hanging and I would just forever be wondering. I would never do that to you. Okay. I'm not Scar holding... Holding Mufasa's paws? (laughs) Long live the king. Yeah. That's so sad. Yo. I still cry. You should. Yeah. It was murder. It was. It was a crime. (laughs) Anyways, tell me. So I got really hung up on the difference between an altar and a shrine. Okay. Because they seemed really similar. Okay. And I had actually done a bunch of research on different kinds of what I thought were altars only to find out that they are shrines. How aggravating. And I was so pissed. I was like, I have to delete all of this. And I said, no, I'm going to use my flub up and turn it into a teachable moment. Okay. Because that's what friends do for friends. So shrines and altars can look very similar and sometimes they can functionally overlap. Shrines are usually meant to honor a person, deity, or concept. An altar is for work. Okay. So if an altar is for work, but your altar and your practice also happens to incorporate ancestors, deities, and other patrons. So then is it a shrine or an altar? Then part of your altar has a shrine on it. Oh. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So examples of shrines. Ofrendas. You're probably familiar with everyone's favorite highly problematic Halloween costume, the calavera or the sugar skull. Everyone was like, no. And then you said sugar skull and they were like, oh. (laughs) Yes. I probably said it wrong or they were like, that's not what that is. That means bread, Tara. No, they were just like, I've never heard the Spanish word for this. They're a common offering created for Dia de Muertos 
but these tasty little friends aren't just kept any old place. They lived on a deceased loved one's ofrenda. The ofrenda acts as a beacon or resting place for the past loved ones to return to the land of the living and enjoy the pleasures of our world. Usually some good food because apparently there's no whole foods in the afterworld. That's fine. The lines are way too long these days. It's oh, not worth yeah. going to Whole Foods. And you gotta stand outside even in the rain. There's a Whole Foods next to where we work. Yeah. And it's like, I will drive there that at 8 a.m. a good one because it has the parking lot. It does. It has yeah. the parking lot. And it's like, at 8 o'clock, these motherfuckers don't open till 9. It's out all the way to Gowanus Canal. This line. Crazy. Crazy. Anyway, so if your bubby, in this situation you're also Jewish, <laughs> is floating around looking for her ofrenda so she can snack on some yummy treats, she needs to know which one is hers because she can't be chilling at some random family's ofrenda. You know, I don't think that's fair. Why? Because you're already dead. Why can't you be like, ooh, snacks? <laughs> It's like Santa. You're like, oh, I'm just going to stop. Grab a cookie here. Grab some milk over here. Like, just keep going. <laughs> some little crackers On my little walk. My slowly oh my gaining weight, but working it off. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like, Alicia did this like, little. Like, little, little dance. Here we go. Like a mall walker. Yes. She's got weighted ankles. Like, <laughs> amazing. And also, like, what if your family died with you? Died with you. No friend for you. Or your family didn't like you or your family doesn't have enough money to get like the green did you see coco the yes, movie coco this is where i learned oh about. my god okay good so families will put up photos this is how you know that your bubby is coming and that she knows where to land from the spaceship that is heaven okay so families will put up photos of their loved ones decorate the ofrenda with personal belongings and then put out food that they like during their time among the living and it seems to me that all of this stuff goes on the tippy top like tier Okay. Because ofrendas have layers. Again, like you said, it is raised off the ground. Mm. And then there's multiple layers on top of that. Like a cake. Yes. Like a wedding cake. Or an onion. Or an onion. Or an ogre. No. No. (laughs) The ofrenda is draped in tablecloth, paper cutouts of patterns, and lots and lots of marigolds, which are a type of flower if you are a silly goof. I love marigolds. Very pretty. So there's a lot more that goes into designing ofrendas and celebrating Dia de Muertos, like how sometimes it's Dia de los Muertos and sometimes it's not. <laughs> well, and we, we have a lot of Latinx listeners and I think it'd be really cool if you guys had an experience with this that you wanted to share with us, maybe around the spooky holiday time. Or share with us now and we'll try to remember until then. Yeah, right. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but email us and then I think we could do a listener story. I think people would really enjoy that because we're going to talk about people's altars at the end of this. Yes. And you'll know who we like best. Okay, so then there's the Butsudan. Butsudan. Butsudan are shrines found in some Japanese Buddhist homes. They're like these little wooden cabinets, sometimes very opulent, but sometimes very reserved. They can be set into a wall and open, but I saw a lot online that have like doors. So the idea is that like if you open the doors, they reveal some kind of sculpture, painting of the Buddha or a Bodhisattva or some kind of mandala scroll. And then if the altar doesn't have doors, you're supposed to put a white sheet over it to keep it, again, a sacred space. Because these spaces are sacred. Mm -hmm. They're holy in some way. Inside of Butsudan, you will find candles, incense holders, a little tray for your offering, which is probably like little fruits or flowers. And you might find ancestral tablets or photos of recently deceased people. The prominence of the Butsudan in rural and traditional Japanese families is actually really interesting. It wasn't a big thing to have one in your home until like the 17th century as a reaction to like the encroaching talons of Christian doctrine that were being like brought in through trade. And if you want to learn more about it, you can Google like Sakoku or Tokugawa period. 
is when the isolation happened for the Japanese mm. people and what that meant for their religion. I wouldn't know. I went to high school in Indiana and they don't teach you things about other countries. Absolutely not. And then when you go to college but there. Rome. Why do I know so much about Rome? Name two facts. They had gods until, that's fact one. Fact okay. two is until Jesus made them go away. Disappeared. Oh, and aqueducts. Oh. <laughs> Third fact. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the aqueduct. <laughs> like possessed. <laughs> Just like she raises off. <laughs> e equals MC squared. Energy equals. Now, is your altar a shrine or is your shrine an altar? Again, I want to say that if you work heavily with deities, guides, ancestors, your altar may contain elements of a shrine. Examples being like this offering bowl, visual stand-ins for deities, objects of your deity enjoys, like colors and stuff like that. People are always talking about Persephone likes this and so-and-so likes this. And so it's like if you have these objects, an object is like a certain kind of feather, certain color feather. Mm -hmm. If that feather isn't like doing anything. like It's just it, hanging out. If its job is to simply be, mm -hmm. then it's not a tool. And that means that it's... Not an altar? I don't know. So does that mean purge it? Get rid of it? Eat it. Eat it. Or use it? I'm sure you can use a feather. I feel like you could. Because can't an altar just be where you put your shit until you're ready to use it for altar I think work? It, a lot of the ones that people shared with us, it's like they had like little around the edges decorating your altar. And it's like, this is where I keep all my candles. This is where I keep my cool bell. This is where I keep my grandfather's skull. <laughs> anyway, I don't understand how to make this altar so it'd be really helpful if you told me i will tell you i have one question oh before we continue is it problematic for me a white girl from indiana who's lived in la and new york to have a shrine because the two things you mentioned are very much based in like religion and culture mm -hmm. am i allowed to have a shrine or is that not allowed is that problematic are graves shrines like are headstones they? shrines are like when but graves aren't like in your house. Graves are not in your house. Well, shrines also don't have to be in your house. Like people like have little outside shrines that they set up for like fairies and stuff like that. I didn't know if this was like a spirit animal situation. Right. I guess I would say that there are plenty of shrines for other like more Western deities and stuff like that. If you and also like several times we've spoken about like the ancestors that are with you mm -hmm. setting up a shrine for them doesn't seem at all problematic as long as you're not pulling from these cultural areas that don't belong to you or don't aren't authentic to you okay that's what i would say but i would also say that if your intention is never to hurt someone be open to listening to people that say that that hurts them okay that's fair my 23 in me is like 94% Western European. So I just have to ask these questions. And not Spain, just Western European. Everywhere else except Spain. Oh. So, all right, I want an altar. What's the first step? Step number one is location, location, location. Altars can be as simplistic or as complicated and elaborate as you want. You can have an entire room that's used as your altar. You can build one out of the wood that has a magical property and place it wherever you want in your house. You can put it outside in your backyard or even on top of your refrigerator because why not? The fridge is my altar. <laughs> Am I nine feet tall that I can use? <laughs> or is this like a game of Monopoly I have to get my dad to bring down from the top of the fridge? I told everyone about the fridge moment with Marcel, right? Oh my God, yes. 
we were FaceTiming. We weren't with each other like at the time, like physically with each other. And he was like, this is what I can see from my height. He's six foot. I'm five, four and a half. Thank you very much. Are you really? Yeah, I've got that half and it counts for me. And I always feel bad when it's like, oh, what's your height? And that I can't put the half option. I'm just like, no, I'm I'm so in between. I always thought we were the same height. Aren't you like five, three? I'm five, two. I knew we weren't the same height. I guess I always assumed that the height that I was perceiving was your hair. That's fair. Wow. Yeah. Continue. Okay. And he was like, oh, look, this is what yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, FaceTiming, showing me everything. I see the top of the fridge for the first time in my life. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's dusty. Why don't you dust it? And he's like, oh, well, I'm the only one who can see it. So I just don't. I'm like, oh, my God. We could keep chips up there. But I can't see the dust. I have to like reach with my poor little hands like, oh, oh. Or be like, Marcel, will you get this down for me? And then he like swoops in like a knight in shining armor. And it's just like, did you want pita chips, princess? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I am the princess. <laughs> so that's what happens when you put things on top of the fridge. They get dusty, apparently. So. Oh, no. Pretty much you can put an altar wherever the fuck you want, as long as it is accessible to you and not a hindrance to your roommates, your community, or your local house pet. Because I was like, you probably don't want to do it like... On a sidewalk in New York City. No. I was also thinking like cats. Does Artemis get on top of the fridge? Oh, yeah. No, wait. Nowhere is safe. Nowhere is safe. Nowhere is safe. Minus the one place my altar actually is. is the <laughs> one safe spot. But yeah, no, that bitch is crazy. She goes everywhere. You should put it out of the way of other people. That doesn't mean you have to hide it. But maybe don't put it on your boyfriend's desk if you know he'll knock over all your rocks when he's playing computer games. So it doesn't need to be a secret. But it also shouldn't be like... You swing your arm and something falls off. And you know? your grandpa's skull. <laughs> your chalice Shattered. filled with blood. <laughs> Sorry, I was watching this really funny YouTube video about a dog <laughs> and he's wearing sunglasses. I'm doing Pilates. I do. I... <laughs> Whoops. I read that some people recommend you put your altar near a window and the sunshine and moonlight can be good for charging and cleansing your witchy tools. And also if you like candles, which we love candles, you oh, guys. Yeah. Being able to open a window for smoke to go out may be a great logistical step so that you don't cause a smoke alarm to go off. That's really smart. Yeah. Don't keep them near your drapes, though. No. <laughs> There's still, like, 20 things that can go wrong with putting <laughs> it by the window. But... Okay, don't open the window and a bird comes in and then the bird takes a candle and it's lit and then it lights your house on fire and then jumps out. And then it lights all the other houses on fire. Yeah, it does. Maybe consider how intense the sunlight is that comes through your window before putting up shop there, among the other reasons of like a pigeon stealing your candles and burning your whole community to the ground. Yeah. You don't want your candles melting or your amethyst losing its beautiful purple color due to too much sun exposure. Because we learned about that on the last episode. We did. Yeah. So my altar is on a hanging shelf above our bed that was already installed in our apartment before I moved in. And I think Marcel and I literally moved in and I was like, oh, that's our altar. Done. Done. Easy. <laughs> the easiest decision I've ever made in my life. Other people may want to take more time and thought into where they place their altar. And here are some things to consider when setting up your altar. Cardinal directions. Oh, gosh. I got to get out my compass. You got to get your compass app downloaded on your phone. <laughs> Which direction would you like your altar to face? Each cardinal direction stands for a different element. And north is earth, south is fire, east is air, and west is water. Apparently, a lot of witches choose to face their altars north since Wicca and paganism are very much connected to the earth and the physical plane accessing the spiritual. But it's your fucking altar. You can do whatever you want. Okay. My altar happens to be in the east, but facing west. And as we all know, this bitch is a Scorpio. 
And Scorpio is a water sign, so it just happened to be placed perfectly for me. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. And Marcel's a water sign too, because he's a cancer. So it's perfect for him too, but this is my podcast, right? <laughs> He'll say no. He'll say no. It's his podcast. Absolutely not. <laughs> I learned about rocks for four hours. That's true. I would never do this. No. My own volition. No. Okay, quick aside. Apparently there are these things called travel altars, which is like a cute basket full of witchy stuff so that oh. you can take a blanket outside and spread out in the grass with your witchy items. Oh, I love that. I know. Sometimes it's nice to have a change of pace and go around picnicking with your witch self. Mm, take yourself out on a date. Yeah. Witch date. It would be so nice. Imagine if you're really into blood magic, though, and you're like in Prospect Park summoning Hecate with your fucking sword from episode two. I mean... <laughs> completely your prerogative but try not to do anything that might scar little children oh god that's i think that might be our number one rule at which yes no don't burn down your house i think is our number one rule we yes don't that's burn, the thing we harp on the most don't burn down your house don't hurt children What's be careful that? of what you eat be careful of what you eat don't talk to strange plants is that it the rest is just chaos uh cleansing ground cleansing ground i want it to be five you tell us what our fifth rule is. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. If you currently can't find a place for your altar and you're good with your hands, you can build an altar. Okay, my lumberjack. Yeah. Can you like imagine if I tried to build an altar? Like I'd buy the wood and the screws and some sort of tool to connect the wood and the screws. I'm not sure what that is, but I would like try to figure it out. Glue? I guess. Glue? <laughs> Glue is a good guess for me, actually. But I'd have bought it all in typical Alicia form. I would have all of the ingredients. And then I'd be like, woof, shopping at hardware stores stresses me the fuck out. And now I'm tired. Let's take a nap. And then I'm like, okay, let's have a coffee. And then let's catch up on RuPaul. And fast forward five months and I still haven't made anything, but I have all of this wood. In your and glue. And glue. <laughs> and then I go on eBay and buy one. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that's it. That's all I. <laughs> okay, but you baby witch do not have to be like me. Or you can. It doesn't matter. But if you do want to build your own altar and then create a super powerful Etsy where you sell altars and profits <laughs> off of all of your hard work, because I'm going to buy it from you, then you may want to think of what kind of wood to use to build your altar. As long as I can screw it in easily like the Ikea furniture. Yes. That, and I need it to no. come with an Allen wrench, please. So I've bought Ikea furniture and then had friends over to assemble it for me. I don't do work. I don't like working. It's uh, You love puzzles, though, I feel like. Don't you love I puzzles? I hate puzzles. Holy shit. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. I like um where you find the words. Yeah, word search. Word search. That's nice. Different trees and woods have different magical properties. <laughs> Back to wood. Back to wood. I'm going to name three, and that should be enough for you guys to research wood on your own. Oak. All ancient cultures have revered the oak tree. The oak tree is associated with knowledge and wisdom. It has also been known as the wizard wood. Wizardwood. Yeah. Try saying that. Wizardwood. 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 It seems like a really bad first idea for the name of Hogwarts. <laughs> Wizard world. Wizardwood. Oakwood draws off the element of fire. It is excellent for protection, prosperity, and defense spells. Not offense spells, defense spells. Cha! Protected. Cha! Ha! Defensive driving. Ha! Ha! What is that? <laughs> oak wood will help you intuitively focus on the obstacle at hand. Second, maple. Maple is a peaceful wood used for purity and healing. Maple wood is excellent for cleansing spells. Maple reveals the options that lay before you 
even those that are hidden in plain sight. So it's very helpful with decision making. And the last wood that we're going to mention is teak wood. Teak wood emits energies and blessings, and it is considered a holy wood. It also draws off the element of water and evokes the cleansing energy of the sea. It is great for protection spells as well. Lovely. Yeah, which, of course, that's what you want. You want protection spells at your altar. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because you don't want anything like uh, attaching to it that you don't want. And also, usually your altar is within your home and within your personal space. You also don't want anything. Yeah. Getting, getting their little grubby hands on there. I'd be interested to know, like, what happens if the wood's infected with, with a bug. Yeah. That's probably, like, some kind of plague that, like, Dionysus or someone, like, sent down was like, mm, I didn't like the wine that you bought me last. A little this- too dry for me, <laughs> Claire. I'm a white wine, not a red <laughs> wine. Do you know what season it is? It is summer. It is summer. It's rosé all day. Excuse me. <laughs> Let's go. Snap, snap. If you don't have a place to put an altar and you're not good at building things, go to google.com and type buy altar. (laughs) Lots of options pop up. And if you can, try to buy from your local witchy store who desperately needs your business, especially after COVID-19 or any small business witch store on Etsy. There are altars on Amazon. And even though we're all sluts for Amazon, I mean, you can't deny it. Like, this is who we are. I get it. They have not really been nice to their workers recently. And Jeff Bezos is very close to becoming a, a trillionaire. What the fucking word is that? Trillionaire? Trillionaire. I like trillionaire, though. It sounds, yeah, more like cartoonishly villainous. Yeah. He's going to be a trillionaire. And so spend your capital where it counts. Does Jeff Bezos need it? No. That's no. so much money. Do I need it? Yes. I'm so poor. That's my life. Am I going to make an altar for you? No. So hire someone else. <laughs> I'll help you pick out the wood. Yeah. I gave you three options. That's really it. If you were like, oh, which wood? And you sent me options, I'd be like, I guess choose oak. <laughs> Not looking at your options whatsoever. <laughs> there's, a, there's like a poplar and a pine and they're like, okay. <laughs> it's like, we built, we bought, we already had an altar. What the fuck do I put on it? Basically, whatever you want. Hell yeah. Yeah, I know. There are no rules anymore. It's the post-apocalypse. So this is, okay. Okay. Post-apocalypse. The first thing. <laughs> just I'll post all the bad stuff. So, cloth. Here's the deal. Okay. I want you to close your eyes. Okay. Love this. I want you to imagine that a cutie has invited you out on a date to the park for a picnic. Any cutie? Any cutie you want. Okay. This is obviously before the sickness came. When you could go to the park with cuties. <laughs> yeah. Right. And loiter. And loiter. Oh, God bless. You get all dressed up. You brush your teeth. It is spring, so you're wearing pastels maybe. Mm-hmm. They show up to your place to pick you up. I want you to look at that cutie's little wicker basket with all kinds of yummy breads and cheeses and wines. Mm-hmm. They've brought you flowers, your favorite kind. What's your favorite flower? Roses. Oh. No? Not a good answer? No. Try again? No, no, no. I was like, oh, that's so classy. It is very classy. So It's they timeless, brought- I think. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So they brought you roses. You're walking to the park. It's a beautiful day. You're thinking about smooching. And then your date walks you over to a tree. Okay. Perhaps an oak tree. Oh, thank God. Says, here we are. And then they sit their ass down in the goddamn dirt. Absolutely not. You are wearing pastels. We don't even have grass to sit on? No. Who knows what kind of dog has peed there? Who knows what kind of squirrel has shat there? Who knows what kind of bug has fucked there? Like, what you need to do is you need to put down a cloth to not only protect the surface of your altar, but also the objects that you're working with. I love your description. Have you ever seen a squirrel shit? Now that you said it, though. I have not witnessed a squirrel shit. But with you've my seen an aftermath? Eyes, 
Because I don't know what that looks like. I assume. No, I don't assume anything these days. It's rat-like, which kind of look like little black pills, which there's no way you're going to see that in the dirt. Ew. Do you think they would, you know, they like Shit hang on nuts? The ground? No, no, they're I not going to bury like, cover like a it, cat. You know? I don't you... know. <laughs> you I don't fucking know. You're really defensive. <laughs> anyway, the idea is that like how disrespectful of your cutie date mm-hmm. to take you out on a date and not bring a, a little blanket for you to sit on. They're expecting you to get all nice and eat this lovely picnic in some mud. So your patron deity may feel the same way. You need to put down a nice cloth. These are the things you're going to think about when you're choosing your cloth. Okay. First, colors. Oh, so important. Roy G. Biv. Texture. If you drip wax on it, will it never be the same? Okay. So not sequins. Probably. But it's whatever you want still, It's right? whatever you want. So I feel okay. like if you had someone that was like super into the shimmer shiny, mm-hmm. was it expensive? Because again, if you drip wax on it, will you never be the same? <laughs> This was my great-grandma's tablecloth that I used. This was my mother's wedding dress right before she died in the (laughs) pandemic. She's my patron deity. (laughs) Oh, no. This was covered in the diamonds that my mother swallowed during the Holocaust. Okay. (laughs) We're going down a morbid trail and we got to reel it back back a little. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Reel it back a little. You gotta be thinking of patterns and imagery. If you Google altar cloth, you can get shit that's got like crystal grids on it, astrological maps, runic wheels, cloth made to work with specific patrons. But if you're not into like that kind of math, I would just think about what's your aesthetic. Does it cover the whole table? Does it have to? Does it have to? These are things you should think about. I have no answer for that. Okay, I was like, because if I got a cloth and it didn't cover, it doesn't cover. I don't care. (laughs) But I'm not everyone. (laughs) True, true, true. I would also say like, yeah, it's like your aesthetic. If you're like using a nasty old table and it looks ugly and you're trying to get like Hecate or whatever to show up. Does the cloth have, I don't want to minimize the cloth. Does the cloth have purpose outside of being a cloth? The cloth Like outside a, of aesthetic. Well, so what it does is it protects the table. It protects your objects and it also protects like the shiny little butt of your deity. Okay. It also is there to set a tone and work with color magic. And then also, again, if it has specific patterns on it, you don't have to buy like a whole runic map or whatever it is that they use for runes and you have the crystal grid already on there. Okay. So that's just like a floral pattern because you like Persephone. I guess it does like set the mood, set the energy kind of thing because mm-hmm. you just have that like ah, purple yeah. jumping right out at and you. And it's a lot of purple. It's a lot of purple. And also my final question is, do you like it? And you need to be honest because not to be a bitch, but like I'm I'm not a huge fan of like most witch aesthetic. It feels like a little tacky to me, but I'm also like. Wait, tell me. What part's tacky? Well, they just. What do you hate? Oh my God. Everyone's going to hate me. I just feel like a lot of witches don't have like good aesthetic eyes. Well, you're like an artist. (laughs) Yeah, but also I'm like, you clearly got that cloth from Hobby Lobby. It's got ponies on it. It hates the gays. And they hate the gays, so I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but it's like really just kind of tacky looking. And a lot of it is like really intense masculine metal next to like purple. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I love purple. Purple's my favorite color, as we know. Yeah. It's like kind of mm, feels like a little too early 2000s. Like my... Lip gloss sticking to my hair, kind of. So next thing, candles. Love them. Yes. I'm here for it. 
So we haven't done like a candles episode, but we talk a lot about them basically every episode, I think. So you guys don't know about candles? I mean, I heard about these little waxy friends. So lit. So candles on your altar are there to represent the element of fire. They can represent your patron. They are a fan favorite for meditative and scrying practices. You can carve into them. You can poke them through your jeans like a silly little penis. They're so versatile. They come in colors, <laughs> shapes, and all kinds of scents. You can make them at home like you are a pilgrim. Amazing. Amazing. I only read this one place. Did you make candles at Connor Prairie? Fuck yeah, I made candles at Connor Prairie. Are you kidding? I will beg my mother to make candles at Connor Prairie. I was like, did you ever light them though? Like when you no. took them home? No. I, they broke on the way we home. We like hung them up by the wick because you made a candle on yeah. each side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I guess in theory you were just supposed to cut them. Mm-hmm at the wick and then you had two candles no we just hung them up randomly we were like duh, 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 look what alicia made <laughs> a nice craft fucking idiot you're not lighting these no there's no adults around <laughs> they don't have candle holders and take these tall ass pillars no candles we were poor so like i was saying so i only read this one place okay but i really didn't look that hard but i did read that you can use candles to represent your deity Mm -hmm. But then you can also use another candle to represent your own spirit and your connection to that deity. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. How do you go about, you only read it in one place, so I understand we don't have the answers. How am I like, the green money candle is obviously the Alicia candle. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how do you choose which candle would be you? Oh, God. Like, it'd probably be purple for me. Like, I love the color purple. I'm fine with that. Okay. I don't work with gods. I'm not a huge fan of you know that kind of most gods most gods don't trust them they're a little demanding i don't like being told what to do immediately descends into hell (laughs) but like i feel like it would just be the smaller one the smaller candle smaller candle and then like whatever candle you chose would in some way align with your so your deity deity. has to be like a bigger candle than you i guess Mm. that makes sense it's got to have that big candle energy Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the bce the bce (laughs) Just like that BME, big manifesting energy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down. These are all terms we know. All right. So next you can decorate your altar with your crystals or your runestones or et cetera. Crystals have chakra energy at the wazoo. So if that's your deal, they're there for you. Mm-hmm. This is also where having one of those crystal grids comes in handy, whether it's like screen printed on a 100% cotton tablecloth you bought on Etsy or hand carved into a piece of ash wood harvested from a 3,000-year-old tree in Greece. I feel like no matter what, it's going to be a good time. I also feel like... There's your display crystals that are for impressing your friends. Yeah, the shiny ones. The crystals that you actually work with. And then the crystals you keep in a silver tin in the corner that were like gifts. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, other people's crystals. Other people's crystals. Yes. <laughs> and then runes, I feel like, are usually kept in a container. and Like they're not generally just out. What else can I put up there? So, yes, I feel like you deserve a chalice. Oh, love it. It doesn't have to be like a chalice chalice. It can be like a cool bottle or a cup. But its role is quote unquote, the chalice. Is there a point if it's not a chalice? Like it can be a cool cup, but like really should you just get a chalice? I was Googling a lot of chalices. Mm-hmm. Some chalai? Some chalai? Yeah. I was chilling, looking for some chalai, eating some chalai on my couch. Anyway, um, a lot of these are ugly. <laughs> it's hard to find a cool looking one. Oh, okay. A lot of them are like skull with like snakes or like lady hands with sharp fingernails with a pentagram in the middle. I'm like, I just it's want a tacky some, thing. I want something from Pier One. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be nice that I can take out amongst people. You should have looked it up on like William Sonoma. Chalice. 
see what pops up. What's um Urban Outfitter? Urban you Outfitter for the That's youth. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it'd probably say like bitch on the front. <laughs> oh, it would. <laughs> so its role as the chalice is the element of water, offerings of drink. So Dionysus and kind of stuff. People that like wine. Often deities are a fan of wine. Emergency water in case the candles get too frisky. Okay, good. I also definitely don't consider myself Wiccan and I'm not here to make any more rules, but wiccaliving.com says that traditionally okay. the chalice is silver because it's a metal and a color that is sacred to the goddess, which I assume they mean the moon. But okay. they go on to say that that sounds expensive. So really any <laughs> earth-made material is welcome. Wood, glass, ceramic, just as long as it's not plastic. I assume also because of the turtles. Yeah. Other tools. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. A theme? A theme? Athami? Fuck if I know. It's like a little blade. Oh yeah, you love the blade. The tiny blade. The sword. Or, or a wand, yes. And it doesn't have to be a sword. It doesn't have to be a blade. It doesn't have to be a wand. But it has to be some sort of focusing tool that directs your psychic energy. So needles. It can be hairpins. You know, something that is used as a conduit mm. to pinpoint your energy like a little witch laser. Ooh. A bell. A bell. To represent air. And it's great for cleansing large spaces with sound. It can also be used to call in your patron. Ding, 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 ding. Like dinner time. Ding, 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 ding. I don't know what that was. That was me trying. That was a triangle. <laughs> can it be a triangle? Maybe. I don't know. Well, they had that like crazy crystal pyramid thing that they used at that place that I was pretty sure was a cult. Can I use a gong or is that also cultural appropriation? I'm really just trying to figure out like where the trying line is. really hard. Who t- has someone said something to you recently? Did <laughs> call you out? Oh my God. <laughs> Not recently. <laughs> Just trying to keep it PC. You know, you don't learn things unless you ask the questions. That's true. I don't know. Are there gongs, like legit gongs, used in other parts of the world that are not like Central and East Asia? African gongs. Maybe. South American gongs. Doesn't sound like United States gongs, though. (laughs) Sounds like it's answering my question. Yeah, I guess not. Hmm. (laughs) Gongs debatable i guess that's gonna be an episode <laughs> where do gongs come from Ooh, dugong gong dugong gong so mortar and pestle to grind up those good greens and then mirrors for gazing at your beautiful self what i wouldn't put on my altar is trash or the detritus of your life the crap that you, detritus that is not attached did you say practice. detritus yeah is that wrong no i don't know it's gorgeous oh detritus it's one of my favorite words that i learned in grad school i like so hope that's how you say it it sounds it's so like pretty because i would have said detritus it's the casting offs of like that accumulate in the corners and the edges like dead skin yeah detritus yeah we're buying like a knockoff Roomba that should arrive anytime soon do you need googly eyes what do you need so I just oh we might need googly eyes that could be fun but I'm really hoping it gets to those places where like you know the nail clippings go mm-hmm. in the dead of night mm-hmm. where they crawl like, where they crawl because many legs you only see them in one place and it's always like in the corner and you're like I never cut my nails there how did you get there I don't know there's a witch living in your house or Artemis just plays with them at night oh maybe Ooh. I love my mommy I love my mommy so the math homework the vape juice the stuff that should not be in your sacred space because again this is a sacred space that you put a lot of work into to make sure that the energy is just right like you bought a chalice that's cool so trade it nice and it was expensive and it was probably expensive unless you got it at lehman marcus no that still sounds expensive um steinmart spencer's spencer's that might be plastic got a dick on it (laughs) it's great for bachelorette parties it's gummy it's got a gummy little dick on it okay so 
Alicia, you've yes. spoken briefly about your altar. I would love to hear about it. Okay, let me tell you about my altar. So it happens to be on a shelf that's above my bed. Mm-hmm. Marcel would say our bed, but this is about me, right? So Marcel and I share an altar. So it has a mix of witchy things and also really personal items to both of us. You look like you're about to cry. I'm just listening. I hope it moves you. I'm excited. So our witchy stuff includes sage. I've got one little stick of sage from probably when I moved in. So it's been around for a while. I should probably sage more, honestly. A small pink lavender pillow that a friend sent me so I could like smell it and like go to Mm. sleep nice, you know. A pendulum, dried roses, a pink quartz heart. Our money candle from 2019 that included a stone for each of us. Oh, yeah. It had three stones, one for Artemis, one for Marcel, one for Alicia. And, you know, some rocks. (laughs) Some rocks. Some rocks. Some twigs. Some rocks, you know. Some stones. Marcel has beads and an Odin offering that I had bought Marcel from Salem. My tarot cards are up there. And a geode from last Thanksgiving is also up there, along with Marcel's lava bead bracelet. Mm. And then a few of the personal items that we have on our altar are a guardian angel charm and a heart-shaped necklace. So I have, like, multiple heart-shaped things on my altar for some reason. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. They just end up there the heart-shaped necklace says nancy which is my grams who passed away last year then the angel charm was also her she was like very very much into angel figurines and all these things and she always wore an angel on her necklace so i took that charm mm-hmm. my dad's hospital ids from when he worked at the hospital not the oh, not God, the one on your wrist <laughs> No. So when he worked at a hospital, because he was very proud of like his job and his work when he was able to work. Little glass bird that I took out when cleaning my father's house. The Loch Ness Monster pen and Wonder Woman sticker that you gave me. Yes. A 3D printer made heart from a friend's giving in 2018. A shot glass my friend Lauren Robitaille gave me along with an egg maraca that was given at her rehearsal dinner for her wedding. A Day of the Dead cat sculpture, which is like not that big. Like this, what is this? That is a tomato soup can like a tomato soup can yeah and marcel gave me that when we were living in la it's from a day of the dead festival that he went to marcel's mom's graduation photos are up there along with the index cards that marcel used when he was giving his best man speech at johnny and chloe's wedding in early 2019 so yeah it's got a lot of personal mixed with witchy on ours well there's a lot of like cancer energy family like close-knit ties inner circle mm-hmm. energy well i wouldn't want the outer circle in it <laughs> who cares about those, those people Re- rebecca's and such or it just means the friends who aren't on there have never given me something worthy enough Whoa. to put on there cousin fights <laughs> so what's on your altar i don't do a lot of permanent altar work okay so i have a tiny altar that is a mirror Ooh. it has like a large thing of lavender and sage from when i first got here and then we learned that sage was no good and then i just kept it what do you do with it you can't throw it away i feel bad so I, it sits there and reminds me of my privilege um <laughs> And then as I have things should. As things should. I have a couple bones up there. I have a little vial that I use. Where'd you get the bones from? The ocean. Terrifying. I know, yeah. Okay. Most likely bird bones. Hmm. Um, I have a vial that I use to fill and create moon water. And then I have it's a necklace, but it's not like a normal necklace because it's a solid piece of metal that's mm-hmm. like wraps around your neck that I use I've used for glamour spells before. And then I have like a little tin that has a currently a spell in it right now that's like a mixture of like 
I have to go look in it. I put it up there like a month or so ago. I should probably charge it again. But it's just like an easy relationship spell. Okay. Just like an easing of relationship. The idea that like like not moving too fast and not moving too slow. And I'm just like. And I mean, Mike met your older brother. So. Yeah. Gosh, you need that. I need it. Mm-hmm. God, way to bring it up again. Not that I haven't been thinking about it every moment of every day. But most <laughs> of the time, like I don't like work up there so that's mostly just like I bring that thing that object down like that tray down and then it's kind of like a traveling altar it's kind of like a traveling altar but then it's like when I do work like I put out a purple cloth that my dad got for me in Istanbul and then do work and set things out that way and then I clean up I don't really leave stuff out and I also don't have a patron deity so it's like and I've never been interested in having one so yeah oh my god it's not doesn't seem like a big like this has to be this way and this has to be this way. It's more about like creating a space for me to, I guess, line up my energy in a way that I feel like is comfortable and generative. Yeah, productive. I like that. Hmm. And then some of our listeners told us about their altars. Do you want to tell us about what they decided to do? Yes. So one of our people So that we can judge them no so we can love them and all of you can can love love them them too okay patron jackson so jackson says my altar is still a work in progress but i love what it's becoming my favorite parts are my clear quartz my incense holder with a pentagram on it my black tarot cards and all the candles all the candles 100 candles I love it. Just candles. They send us a picture of their room is full of candles. It's so hot in here. Not good for cats. Not sexy. Not good. Patron Katie says... They're like patron saints. I know. I like calling them patron. (laughs) Patron Katie says, my altar is currently packed away as I'm in a temporary living situation, which I hope gets sorted out soon, Katie. And, you know, very difficult being in a situation where you don't know what the future will look like. So she says, my favorite parts are my incense holder, my rose gold pendulum, and my candle holder, which also one of my things that I'm most commonly complimented on mm-hmm. is this flowering lotus gold candle holder that oh. i have that i used to put candles in and hasn't had a candle in it in a while you've been a very busy woman though mm, yeah. she's like saving a business and stuff still still every day every day so rachel on instagram who is a slavic pagan made these little videos about her altar <gasps> and it was so cute and i love listening to her talk about it it was like the most genuine and like kind and generous thing that's happened to me in a while so she showed me first these little wooden figurines one was rod a slavic god of family and ancestry this sounds dope oh they were so fucking cool the other one was oh god i hope i say this right domovoy which is a slavic house spirit i'm so sorry sorry rachel she had a Venus of Wollendorf, which every art history nerd knows is our favorite big lady. Mm. She had Matruska or a Babushka doll, some really beautiful oracle cards, and what she called a spring box, which this was so interesting to me, which is like a little wooden box with lots of green and rose petals and a pet protection spell. Because she has this beautiful cat, <gasps> precious, angelic. No, it's angelic. Angelic. And angelic. Um, as angel-like. So, and then she has all of her crystals, some more things, a yellow candle to represent her ancestors. And then she went on to talk about how she had a lot of Yankee candles scented like the linden tree <laughs> because the linden tree is supposed to be like the tree of life. But it's like that you would send, like, it's like, this is I am all in I the can woods. get. <laughs> I was like, that's so fucking real. She showed me it's like this big. It's always oh, it great. Oh, I love that. And I just love stuff like that. 
I yeah. love when people share stuff like that with me. Like the really personal, mm-hmm. intricate stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it too. Logan on Instagram showed us his as well. And he has lots of books, which are guides or histories of witchcraft, rotating stones, which are mood dependent. Like, you know, they have to be. <laughs> Two tarot decks, because you have to know your future. I must know twice. I must know. Moon phase cards, just to be sure, you know. Just to verify what the tarot cards say. An elephant memento from Africa that has a patience slash energy reminder to it. Their journal and art pens and a salt lamp and string lights because aesthetic. Aesthetic. That's important too. It is. To make sure it looks pleasing to your eye. Mm -hmm. If you want to buy the chalice with the rubber dick on it from Spencer's, Spencer's. if you like it. Who are we to say? (laughs) Says, Who are we to judge? Only God can judge me, except yet here I am. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting for the lightning bolts to strike. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts? So we talked about different kinds of shrines and stuff like that. And something that we didn't have time to talk about a whole lot was like different kinds of altars and other religious practices. And what ended up happening was last night I told Michael that we were doing altars and he was like, yo, I'm Catholic. I have something to tell you. Okay. So he says. I'm kind of like scared. You should be. Okay, good. I'm glad. Church is crazy. Yeah. So he says that in all of the altars that are in churches, in like cathedrals, Catholic churches, Mm -hmm. where they do actual spiritual work, Uh there's something inside of them. There are these things called relics. Have you heard of these? No. The church. The Church of Catholic Christ. Yes. Okay. Has these bones of saints that they've cleaned and put in glass cases, and those objects make the altars work. Bones... Of dead people. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, I'm processing this information are right now. in there. Huh. There are dead bodies in there. So I guess they, there's Same, no skin. No skin. Well, no some skin. of them. So it's not smelly. When I was in Italy, we got to see some relics and I like was really amazed by them and then I like totally forgot about them, but didn't realize that they were used like little batteries for these Catholic altars. It doesn't but, work unless you put the bones in. Yeah. You got to put it, the plus and the minus. The, the, it doesn't turn into Jesus. Until the bones are in there and you turn it on. Do you remember that one time we talked about Catholic stuff at the very beginning of our podcast? And she's some very nice pissed. woman. She's going to be pissed. She'd be like, that's like, not at all. They don't know anything. That's not at all. That's not at all. But like when I was in Italy, like there was one in particular that was like a severed head of a woman. They were like, and it hasn't decayed at all. If you get up close to it, it's like her top lip is gone. One of her eyes is like this. It's like she looks, it is a dead body. And they're like, it's St. Clarita. And I'm like, St. Clarita, who put you in there? That's what makes San Gennaro's blood turn liquid in Naples and shit or whatever. The bone batteries. Oh my God. This is wild. So just every Catholic church around just kind of has like some dead saint. I don't know. So Michael has told me this, that it is in on all of the altars. But it just I seems also, like a lot, right? It seems like it's not got to be a lot of bones, but there's a lot of saints. And there's also like this black market bone trade. And there's also like a lot of bones in one person, right? Yeah, an ear bone. Well, it's, it's not like, it's like the jaw bone or the pinky or the whatever. Half of the pinky. Yeah. and then like, You just need like a little bit of bone. If it's a saint, then that is blessed. And okay. therefore has the sacred superpower of Jesus. What if it was all just bones from like St. Bernard's? Like little dog bones everywhere and they were like, it's a saint. It's late, guys. It's, We're recording late at night. It's 9.09. It's time for 
Witches in the news. It's like got the scrolling letters at the bottom. Breaking news. With the eagle flying past? Yes. Yes. All right. Up first for discussion, a New York Times article. Oh. No, it's exciting. Oh. The New York Times never talks about witchcraft. So their article is, will coronavirus kill astrology? What is more clickbaitable than that, honestly? (laughs) Will coronavirus bury a machete into the chest of astrology and twist? I love it. Basically, the article goes in on one astrologer named Susan Miller, who made very, very optimistic promises about 2020, and of course, was completely wrong about all of them. Sucks to be you, Susan. Yeah. In January 2020, Miller appeared on CBS New York and predicted that 2020 would be, in quotes, be a great year, and it will be a prosperous year, end quote. She said Capricorns would be the year's celestial favorite, that Cancers were the most likely to wed, Libras were set to score in real estate, and that Taurians could expect a calendar full of international travel. That's a lot of sun sign astrology. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're running a business, you got to focus on one thing. True. Obviously, the Taurians are the most angry because no one likes being told they can have a calendar full of international travel and not be able to leave your fucking state. Absolutely or home. <laughs> you can't leave your home. So Susan Miller spoon-fed us all lies at the beginning of this new decade. However, apparently people don't give a fuck is what the New York Times found out. During the pandemic, cultural trends have recently reported a bump in traffic and horoscope-related stories, despite people thinking it's not true. Interesting. Yeah. So this really backfired on astrology haters like majorly. Like when I read the title of this article, I was like, I'm putting this in Witches in the News and I'm going to tell people why I hate people who shit on astrology because it annoys the shit out of me and just let people have fun. And now I'm like, ha ha ha, ha. <laughs> sucks to suck, does it not? <laughs> the article goes on to talk about how horoscopes used to be apolitical, promising travel, pay raises, and finding your soulmate. However, now it's become more politically and financially aware. And as the New York Times wrote it, basically astrology's gone woke. I like the snap. Boom. Boom, shakalak. (laughs) People say that astrology offers comfort because it can be used to unpack archetypal patterns and to orient those in history and time. So it's been helping people a lot more like, oh shit, everything's outside of my control. What can I do within my control? And that has been very comforting for people during this global pandemic. My control is that the Venus is going into retrograde right now in Gemini. Oh, get ready. So apparently in mid-March, Susan Miller released a special coronavirus report that said the blame for the coronavirus pandemic lies on Pluto. Okay. The planet that's not a planet. Tell me about it, Suze. Susan Miller says this poor little planet apparently deals with huge financial matters, masses of people, and viruses. Is that true? I don't fucking know. Does Susan Miller know? I don't know what fuck Susan Miller's up to. Viruses. I felt like illness was like a Uranus Neptune, one of those late gassy boys. But maybe I'm wrong. She has quite a following, so who knows? Okay, Suze. And that is our story of how the New York Times wants to hate astrology and so yet bad. still cannot. Which was so funny because the other articles related to it by the New York Times were why astrology is fake and people still love it or astrology may be fake but it is hard it was just like it oh my is god hard. y'all are haters y'all are a bunch of fucking haters it's also like jessica lignato tells you to practice listening also jessica lignato was like yo this year ain't gonna be fun no she she's said been that, saying it like from the get-go mm-hmm. she was very smart she wasn't gonna say why it wasn't gonna be fun but she was like yo this ain't gonna be fun year good luck <laughs> 
Godspeed. All right. So up next, we're going to talk about a witch killing that happened in India. And we've been trying to spare everyone from the bad news for a while in our Witches in the News session. And also with everything going on, there hasn't been a lot of news about witch killings in different countries. But as different states are leaving quarantine, I think we need to transition back into some of like the real shit that's happening globally so that we can stay updated and informed on what's going on in our planet. So with that being said, we're going to dive in. Okay. You ready? It's yeah. the sandwich. Posy Negi Posy. All right. I'm ready. Give me that spicy mustard. In Bihar, India, a mob allegedly attacked three women, forced them to drink urine, and shave their heads over suspicions that they were witches. Mm. Nine people were arrested, although none of the villagers nor the victims contacted authority. The assault came to light after a video was released on social media showing the three women being beaten and paraded half-naked by the villagers. The three women, who were all from the same family, were said to have been performing a ritual when they were caught by angry villagers who suspected their involvement in witchcraft. And so even with that, local police are still investigating the case. So it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. It's really frustrating that amidst all of this that you would find time. To do this, yeah. To do such a thing. Yeah. But I guess it is all about control. So mobsters are villagers. So oh, the, mob of, a mob of villagers. I originally read this as mob affiliated individuals. <laughs> the Italians specifically. No. So just a mob of villagers. And I guess... When the video was released, they started talking to like 15 people at least who might have been involved and they've only arrested nine Mm -hmm. people. But it's just so crazy to me that this could happen. You could accumulate enough people to be called a mob. Yeah. And that no one, even the bystanders and even the victims, like contact the authority about it. Well, that's entirely fear-based. I mean, who are you going to contact when the village that you live in... The people that you call your neighbors, like the fear of retaliation. Yeah. And then who knows, like, the affiliations of those people that are within, like, if they're connected at all or not, you know? Yeah. This gives me, like, similar to sexual assault vibes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you don't contact. And also, like, since it has happened, you are now marked forever. Yeah. As someone that is a witch. Whether it's proven over and over again that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were like burying your dead cat or maybe you were taking out the garbage or maybe you were literally at home. Yeah. Doing nothing. Eating dinner. So it's crazy and still going on. So still just something for everyone to be aware of. Especially not that I'm saying we can immediately mobilize and get rid of it. But especially now that we're going to be start getting out of our houses sooner and more things and like life going back to the new normal. It's just good to keep in mind like what is happening in other places and mm-hmm. how that affects the witch community as a whole because it should. It should. Yeah. So last story of the day. Oh, spicy. Spicy. It's good. Modern day witches using Zoom for coven meetings. This was an insider article, so very exciting. <laughs> Zoom, not just for the workplace anymore. So if you've missed casting hexes on your ex during the pandemic, call your witches over a video call. Yay. Yay. Keep community contact. A store called Arts and Craft, which boasts of being the largest pagan and witchcraft supply store in the Midwest, held an online ritual for Astara. You know, that like celebration that we briefly mentioned, but we never went into. No. That one. We have to save some episodes for later. (laughs) Content. The owner said they chose Facebook Live because the people can view the session after the fact. So you might even be able to find it on their Facebook still. Cute. Their Astara ritual had over 4,000 views with many locals in attendance. Wow. Yeah. And that's, they're based in Michigan. Wow. Yeah. I was like, okay. 
Then we have Lauren O'Leary, a.k.a. Madam Onka, I believe is how you Onka. say it, of World Spirit Tarot, says that, in quotes, cooped up in their homes or on the front lines of the pandemic, folks are yearning for learning and a sense of connection, end quote. She normally teaches tarot classes in person. However, now she has been offering weekly Zoom classes called Kitchen Witchy Tarot. That's adorable. It's so cute. I hope it's in her kitchen. It has to be, right? <laughs> it's I hope a bon so. appetit. Mwah. But the bone is like a bone. It's like because a, it's a witchy. A casting bone. <laughs> Each week, Madam Onka focuses on different tarot topics, and students can pay for the classes with sliding scale donations via PayPal or Venmo. Pam Grossman, New York author of Waking the Witch, is collaborating with Boston performance artist Yanaka Stuckey, I believe is how you say her name, to offer digital versions of their classes on occult writing. So there's all these kind of like, let me teach you how to witch things that are happening right now i love that where you'd have to like normally go in person to be part of the experience and but people awkward. are like yeah how awkward no i can't I you're can't. like i'm not there for community building no i don't want to ask for help but i will attend a zoom class <laughs> with a fake picture of myself so that you see Robert me at my Downey best Jr. yes <laughs> a little hat. like ha 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 you'll never know and then there's byron ballard village witch of Asheville, north carolina who's calling the difficulties of the past few years as tower time oh no based off of the tower card in tarot during the pandemic byron has been performing a prayer for the dead at sundown each day to assist the souls leaving earth especially since funerals and traditional burials are not possible at this time wow so it was a cool article that kind of just mentioned these are how different witches are coping with covid19 i thought it was interesting and that feels like not just surviving no. not just coping like thriving and blossoming and working and working and trying to get posy energy and feelings and things going oh i love that so with that we're gonna segue into our spell <gasps> that alicia found yeah that i found <laughs> during the pandemic we need to be as we mentioned in which is in the news, we need to be thinking of the global community for ritual meditation. So this is a ritual meditation spell for the global community. For oh, this, we're all here. Hello. We're all here. For this week's spell, we will be doing an elemental meditation to spread posy vibes into the world for our fellow humans. Aww. Not just us, which we normally do spells for just us. You know? Money. Money. But this is for other people. And we're like a diffuser. Yes. Where you spread delicately the smell of vanilla. Yes. Open your window. Let it go outside. Mm -hmm. Here's what you'll need. A candle. A stone that resonates with the earth element. So that can be pyrite, amethyst, black jade, smoky quartz, tiger's eye, and then water charged by the moon. You can put all of these items on your altar. Hey, it all is linked together. Oh my God. And she releases the... Like the global community, we are all connected. <laughs> You're going to light your candle. Thank God. Turn it on. Turn it on. Then you need to calm your mind. Mm -hmm. Take deep breaths and close your eyes. Try to feel the air against your skin. You're just here in this space. Once you're relaxed enough, you can say, For air, I ask scientists to bring clarity and evidence-based truth and for us to listen. For fire, I ask for hope and the steadfast hearth fire to keep us safe at home. To water, I ask for tears for those who have passed. To earth, I ask for a ground of sanity for us to walk upon together. And that's it. You can meditate on these thoughts for as long as you'd like. Extinguish your candle once you're done meditating. And our spell this week comes from Matthew Palucci, a practitioner of witchcraft and a professor of psychology from Sonoma State University. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. Anyway, you guys, we really need some iTunes reviews. I 
would like Tell to me. start a new practice <gasps> where we read our most recent iTunes review. Oh, shit. And we'll decide if we want to keep it later. We just like to hear ourselves being complimented. Fucking do it. So if you write a review, we might read it on the air. Our most recent review. Oh, okay. What was a one star? No, it's a five stars. Imagine how much that would have backfired. It would have been funny. It would have been funny. This person says they hate this podcast and think we should die. <laughs> Smile. So Divine Eye Intentions says, I found Witch Yes earlier this year and have been diligently trying to catch up to the most recent episode. But sometimes I jump ahead to see what they're up to in real time. <laughs> Thankfully, they're so easy to listen to that I get through multiple episodes while I'm working. Tara and Alicia are so fun and do so much work to give us listeners the most up-to-date information on each given topic. They infuse their wit and humor. That's true. It's both of them. Into each theme. (laughs) We try. We try so hard. And make it seem like they're just chatting amongst some of their best friends. It's lucky because we are best friends. Oh, thank God. That makes it so much easier. I've learned so much from each episode I've heard, including the smells at the end, which I was like, somebody listens. Oh, finally. And this podcast gives me a way to learn in a safe and comfortable environment. As a baby witch, I appreciate having knowledge and trustworthy people to learn from as the internet is such a convoluted place. I know I hate it too. I feel better knowing that you research and curate your content in such a responsible way. Thank you. Thank you for all the work you do and the rest of the team behind the scenes too. That's Mallory and Marcel. Whoop, whoop. Not Kevin. For such <laughs> quality content that I continue to look forward to. Many blessings. And so that's from Divine Eye Intention, which was an exceptionally long and beautiful poem of delight enjoy and they don't all have to be that way sometimes they can just be goo goo classic spotted goats <laughs> so the deal though is is that like it really doesn't matter what you say you can say i use macaroni to decorate my altar you could also say that could be fun actually yes macaroni art we should bring macaroni art back is that like a misuse of food products though well no we should use the one in italy that they hate have you heard that about that one it's like a particular kind of pasta where it's kind of like the penny but it's smooth so it doesn't hold any of the sauce and it's like all of the pasta shelves were empty except for this one type of fucking pasta and they were like we are not desperate enough (laughs) to eat these little nasty tubes wow we could also say we could say oh help me Help me. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> um, and hopefully you, you think that we deserve five stars. We don't advertise. Um, we're not with a network. People truly cannot find us without your help unless you physically tell them and yell, listen to this podcast. Or you could, you know, find us on Instagram at which yes. If you're listening to us on your device, screen grab it and send it to us by tagging us in your story. And then we'll feature you on our Instagram stories. And then you'll make friends. And then also 10 times out of 10, I follow you. If you're real lucky. I mean, yeah. (laughs) And it's also, I always love people that are like, they share one week and then they share the week after that. And I'm just like, I love you so much. (laughs) You're my only true friend. So reliable. So reliable. You can email us at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. Send us pictures of you doing the spell. Send us pictures of your altar. Um, Our next episode is on familiars. Familiars. A meow. So if you do not take this opportunity to send us pictures of your animals. I don't know when you're going to email us. Can we do in the next episode a very in-depth and artistic description of each person's animal that they send? (gasps) Yes. 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 It's like an art critique, but of your animal. Juxtaposition of your cat next to that collar? (laughs) Garish. Garish. Um, you can also find us on Patreon. So Patreon, which is just got their episode 
on Wednesday, last Wednesday, which was on Bigfoot. Next episode is going to be on whether or not witch hats are racist. Bum, 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 bum. So they're going to get that sometime at the beginning of the month. It'll be the first off week between episodes. Yes. Patrons are getting that extra episode from Vault of the Obscure once a month at the $5 level. Once we reach 250, which we're so close to, we're going to start releasing Vault of the Obscure twice a month, which will make this a weekly podcast. And then also the $10 a month is getting a new... It's getting a facelift, baby. Yeah. So we have these things that are called show notes that you guys are just going to see what Alicia and I are working with when we do these episodes. And it's a lot of pictures and jokes. And then you get all of the links to the stuff that we've researched before that. So everyone's like, oh, can you post your links? Can you post your links? Yeah, absolutely. If you are on the Patreon. Bum, bum. So, all right. So Alicia, if they want to find you, how do they do this? You can find me on Instagram at Alicia period herder. Nice. That's your name. It's beautiful. Thank you. Where can I find you? You can take a seashell. Okay. You can mail that seashell. Should I listen for your Instagram Don't handle? Do not listen Do in not there. Listen. Do not listen to seashells. They are full of lies. They spread the plague. You are going to put that seashell in an envelope. Then yes. you will write on the envelope, her lovely face. That is my instagram you will mail it you'll mail it there or someone's my art instagram or you can do underscore little moss if you want to look at my selfies which are mostly flowers and plants i see on my walks these days the most beautiful selfies thank you we would like to thank marcel perez our producer mallory porter our creative director and kevin mcleod for the music we use for the intro and outro all right and this has been which yes Bye. Bye. See you in June, I believe.